Okay, one of the, in the uh, questions that you uh, raised about the uh, hermeneutics papers, uh, one of the amusing ones that came once or twice, I think, was, um, uh, well, somebody explicitly said, well, okay, give us an example of, um, could you demonstrate what a diversional interpretation is? And that was kind of funny, because the beginning of what we do every, every week is a diversional interpretation. So, now you know what a diversional interpretation is. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but so I'm going to read tonight uh, Psalm 27 uh, and if you like then by implication what I've done each week it, though I've not used the expression is, is invite you to think what that means to, to you devotionally that is when you come at this passage of scripture um, with uh, a concern about your own relationship with God and God's relationship with you what do you find there? so uh, Ask that question, ask yourself that question about Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they shall stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock, now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I do seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, you who have been my help. Do not cast me off, do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. If my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Do not give me up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they are breathing out violence. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Anything that says to anybody? Fear, as I understand it, is like physical reaction, and 
there's a verse that says, do not fear. Like, if there's an army, mm-hmm. like, that'd be really tough to do. You know, no, there's an <laughs> army from, like, taking it, you know, face value for what it says. Yeah, right, okay. Or, yeah. or just whatever it is, a situation that's scary. Yeah, like, yeah. You yeah. tell me not to fear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember in, um, obviously, there are a number of people who wrote papers on fear. Uh, and I remember writing in, in a comment on what, where, what one of them, I remember saying, are you going to be courageous? Something about, set up an antithesis between courage and fear. And my comment was um, that that often uh, to be, they, they aren't an antithesis because it's when you're afraid you have to be courageous. Um, and you may have to go and do the thing that needs doing even though you're afraid. Uh, and so I wonder if um, that's... Uh, well, it says here, my heart will not, my heart shall not fear. I will be confident. That is, I'll go and do the thing. I won't behave fearful, even if I feel fearful. Um, and that it's the, it would be another example, I think, of the way, the way the Old Testament thinks. It's like love. You know, love is not just an emotion; it's also an action. Um, and uh, fear is not just an emotion, but also an action. Um, and so, to act. Confident uh, means you're not actually being fearful, even if you're feeling fearful. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I picked up on the uh, when you were reading the, the fear aspect in the beginning and the end, but it's centered on that I will hide or he will hide me. Mm-hmm. That was centered on that. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. like I, thought, I actually felt hopeful mm-hmm. when you were reading, just thinking about that. Because yeah. what that does is reframe the way you think, doesn't it? When you, okay, I'm afraid, but then uh, you uh, remember those things about um, God hiding me in a shelter, and that makes you look at it differently, and may well then mean, at least to some extent, that you stop feeling fearful, as well as uh, start being able to act fearless. The line in the psalm just near that that I always... um, always strikes me, I think, is that one that says, one thing I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after. Because um, I think in our lives that's so uh, telling uh, a comment, because we're all kind of scattergunned. There's so many different things um, that, uh, that we're involved in. Uh, and to, to, to perceive what is the centre, uh, the one thing to focus on, like when Paul says, this one thing I do in Philippians, to, 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 to identify the one thing and focus on that um, is very powerful, I think. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing that he has, that he says he's been focused on, is to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, which is a heaven um, focus, I think. But then, but then a little bit later it says, that um, we'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Right, right. And, and so, you know, it's like, okay, it, there's a focus, but... It's, it's a focus on the reality of God who is not merely within this life, but it has implications then for... You, you, God, is not, God is not in heaven and therefore not here. God's also here. Um, the, yeah, that's right, yeah. And so... An Israelite, an Israelite, I think, especially would think of it in terms of uh, a kind of tension, you could say, between knowing that God is present in the temple. So I want to go to the temple because that's where God is. 
and yet the psalm and the psalm's expressing that but it's also making clear in that very fact that it's talking about battle and so on that it's not it's, it's, if you can't get it just because you're not in the temple doesn't mean you can't shelter with God that God's with you all the way around the country yeah Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a suicidal client She had a suicidal client, and obviously that causes some fear, um, and was having to make herself wait for the Lord when the client said something, not jump in straight away with, uh, with, with a response, but wait for the Lord uh, with a view to having the right thing to do. Is that, is that right? Yeah. And, and so that, um, that reference to waiting for the Lord at the end of the psalm uh, resonated with that experience today. Thank you. Guide my feet, Lord, while I run this race. Guide my feet, Lord, while I run this race. Guide my feet, Lord, while I run this race. Cause I don't want to run this race in vain. Hold my hand, Lord, while I run this race. Hold my hand, Lord, while I run this race. Hold my hand, Lord, while I run this race. Cause I don't want to run this race in vain. Stand by me, Lord, while I run this race. Stand by me, Lord, while I run this race. Stand by me, Lord, while I run this race. Cause I don't want to run this race in vain. Gracious God, we ask that as we seek to wait upon you and to focus on that one thing, to listen for what you have to say, when we're with clients but in other um, parts of life too, we pray, we say to you that we don't want to run this race in vain, we don't want to speak in vain, we don't want to live in vain, and we do ask you to guide our feet and hold our hand and stand by us. We pray in Jesus' name. Right, well, I'm uh, very uh, grateful to have Professor Duick coming in for tonight as an act of... Uh, he's doing overtime. Uh, he doesn't have to be here. He gets no extra pay. Um, but uh, he's going to come and we're going to st start off by talking about some of those questions at the beginning of the quarter 
that you produced that seem to relate uh, particularly to the relationship between the significance of uh, uh, learning to be therapists and what Scripture's got to say, interpreting Scripture. And if we get through those questions, we'll come back to some of the ones um, that you uh, put, uh, put in, that you posted over the weekend. Uh, otherwise, we might come, if we don't manage those before the break, then I might talk about some of those after the break. So, sir, come and stand up here. And I'll let you start. I don't get paid, but I get to be with John. Oh. Whoa! <laughs> we don't do that as much as we used to. We used to be together, didn't we? Right. Why don't we get you together now? I don't know. I don't know. And now I'm being totally thrown out of thee, now that my course is being expelled. Oh, no, I shall know the, the new alternative course. Yes. Transformed, I shall... Uh, I yeah. hope. Okay. <laughs> Transformed. Okay. What? You, you, you talk, and I'll um, agree. <laughs> <laughs> you, think, you think I need that? <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> Um, John sent me kindly the questions that you had indicated or had written at the beginning of the course and then he had suggested that they be addressed in this final class. Do you have those questions? I sent them to them. Okay, so you have all these questions from front well, of some, somewhere in somewhere in their folders or on their computers they've got them. All right. Uh, no. It was a document that said at the top... Oh, it was blank at the top. <laughs> uh, but it was the questions that you... Um, produced in the groups in the very first week, and then I uh, posted them to you after the first class. And the first question at the top, at the top it says, one, will you define hermeneutics? Um, but I'm sorry, yes. So if you can find those, but you can just tell them. We can, we can do it that way yeah. too. And I assume we can make this dialogical. You're not expecting me to come in and lecture for three quarters of an hour, right? Well, an hour and a quarter, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you insist. <laughs> but we'll make it dialogical. Okay. Right? These are, after all, your questions. I have no idea necessarily. I don't necessarily know what you meant by the questions. But here's the first one. A very good question, I might add. Why, in a community of committed believers, can the study of scriptures sometimes be so lifeless? There's also an analogy drawn, drawn to uh, classroom study as also being lifeless. <laughs> Of course, that would not apply to this classroom. Why? How many of you? How many of you have been in a Bible study that is 